Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 25 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips, or as the cool kids would say, uh, BFMD. Shout out to Des Moines, Iowa. Oof. Shout out to um, Iceland, the bad guys from Mighty Ducks 2. They're getting a shout out today. Sweden, you're getting shout outs. Uh, Montana, obviously getting a shout out. And uh, you, listening. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Gary. You're getting a shout out too. I really hope there's one guy named Gary listening, and he's like, Holy Whoa, shit. what? How did they know? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, my name's Clayton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon. To my left, Justin, don't call me Mr. Anderson Anderson, um, Maritime Mistress Maker, the Alan Doyle fan club treasurer. I heard he got fired from the uh, presidency. Res- might be a restraining order in place oh, now, man. too. man. Patrick, how do you feel about that? Listen... The restraining order has been lifted, and I am very, very happy to announce that March 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th, Alan Doyle is going on tour. Ooh, a three-day yes, tour. He's, wow. He's, yeah, he's in uh, Glace Bay, Charlottetown, PEI, Picto, and he's wrapping up with the bustling metropolis that is Truro, Nova Scotia Ooh. at the Marigold Center. But I actually tagged you in that. Clayton earlier today and I wrote your dream show and then the opening act Cassie and Maggie responded and said our dream show too what? I didn't and see this I'm on my Twitter right now I didn't see this at all today it's on Facebook anyway uh... and I said I'm sure you guys will tear the house down well, and I gotta know, uh... say you've pretty much obligated to buy yourselves a ticket now so go ahead and head over to alandoyle.ca I'm pretty sure and get yourself a ticket. That's a show where tickets will be available at the door. So, uh, I don't think you have to book in advance. Truro, Nova Scotia is the birthplace of Saskatchewan Rough Riders kicker Brett Lowther too. That's a, that's a... Oh, who cares about the Riders? <laughs> <laughs> Especially the... their kicker. Did you just give the Riders kicker a Dude, shout Dude, he was almost special teams player of the year this year. Give the guy a break. Yeah, he came off, for him. He came oh, off the, he came on off the couch to start the season. Riders are way better than the Riders anyway. You know what, We're not going to get into this conversation. Why don't you go cheer for the schooners? I will be. <laughs> okay, we're getting off track here. Okay, um, where were we? Des Moines, Iowa, Montana. Okay, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gary. Hey, Gary, how's it going? Um, follow us all over that. Um, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher. I don't even want to bring up the Nexopia thing. It's just going to make me mad. But I oh should bring God. it up because we're, we got to get mad for this why episode. Why do we do this every week? We're talking <laughs> about the bullpen today, and we're grading the bullpen. It's going to be freaking awesome. I'm so excited. Um, we're going to quickly go through the news first, though. Uh, like 10 minutes of news, and then we're going to get into the bullpen because I, I, I just can't wait. Um, also, we're drinking because it's bullpen roast day. So. Yeah, I already opened mine. I didn't wait. I was thirsty. I was going to throw you under the bus for that, but I didn't. But now you just threw yourself under it's the fine. bus. It's so. fine. I was thirsty. Forgive me for being <laughs> an alcoholic. I mean, what? <laughs> uh, the Jays, they have uh, checked in on free agent pitcher Dallas Keuchel. Uh, personally, Who hasn't? Dallas Keuchel is one of my favorite pitchers in baseball. I think he's uh, pretty underrated. His uh, stock was very high two years ago. Um, I think all bearded pitchers two years ago, their stock was very, very high for some reason. But uh, he's kind of fallen off a bit, which I think is good for the Jays because they can maybe save some money on him. Yeah, but I Dallas Keuchel, so. by the tone of your voice, you don't like There's that? There's no <laughs> – Scott Boris is his agent. There's no way anybody's saving money on Dallas Keuchel. And with Patrick Corbin signing that massive deal uh, with the Nationals of six years, $140 million, Yeah. 
there's no way that Dallas Keuchel is signing for less than if he's if he gets a six-year deal, probably like 125, 130. Patrick, what do you think about that Patrick Corbin deal? Because to me, it was ludicrous. like ludicrous. Like a middle-of-the-road pitcher who's under 500 for his career. Well, I'm pretty sure he's under 500 or hovering right around there. He's getting that much money. Like, what do you think of that? Well, here's the problem. Okay, number one, this is a really weird market for pitchers, and it's a even weirder market for lefties. Yeah. And I believe Patrick Corbin is both of those things. See, <laughs> si, senor. So. Yeah, so this is a weird situation where there was this perfect storm surrounding Patrick Corbin going into mm-hmm. free agency where he, as far as I know, he's the best left-hander who was available at the time. No disrespect meant to anybody else who I may not be remembering at this time, but Corbin is coming off a great season. Uh, he is rock solid pitcher. He's got good K numbers, uh, if I recall correctly. Yes. Uh, his advanced stats all kind of pass the eyeball test as far as uh, putting him in the category of very good, maybe not elite. Uh, his record doesn't really mean anything at this point uh, because he's only 29, going on 30, or he's like th- just turned 30, he like, looks a, like a ball player. A few months ago. He looks like a ball player, you know. He's got that look. Yeah, I, I'm with you there, Patrick. The the big thing with the left-handed free agent market was whether or not Kershaw would opt out of his contract with the Dodgers, and when he did not, yeah. that made Corbin and Dallas Keuchel the two best left-handed pitchers on the free agent market. It's still market. too much money, though. It, it, it is. Way too much money. But unfortunately, it's that's today's Major League Baseball, where we're talking about Bryce Harper and Manny Machado potentially getting. 300 million dollar contracts which yeah. is why they haven't signed yet because people haven't been able to, or haven't decided to pony up to that amount i've said it before and i'll say it again matt harvey wouldn't be that expensive yeah, i really want matt harvey in a blue jay uniform he's a dink though you're a dink thanks clayton i love you i didn't throw you under the bus for the twisted tea thing okay i didn't throw you under the bus you i called I'm me a in the dink nice though <laughs> you're being a dink about matt harvey but he's Don't not be even a dink good about he's pretty good um moving on so here Danny barnes um yeah, oh, stop it. yeah okay not yet not yet guys we gotta we gotta contain ourselves here uh yandrevis salarte he is um he's no longer a blue jay guys remember Yanjervis Salarte. He will not remember us because he doesn't know who we are. <laughs> but uh, bye-bye, Yanjervis Salarte. Um, other than that, um, in the news, Stroman and Sanchez, some swirling trade rumors are uh, out there. Uh, both have two years left of team control, though, before free agency. Mm-hmm. That might be an appealing option for teams, though, to go and get after him because they can get two years. Out of the two, Stroman or Sanchez... Who is more likely to get dealt? I know it's highly unlikely both of them do, but Patrick, who is more likely to get dealt out of those two? No. <laughs> I don't want to entertain this. You know what else swirls? A toilet. This is just a stupid rumor, and it's just a way for teams to try to poke a little bit at the value of these two guys. Look, they're coming off bad years, but they're still, like, neither of them is over 26 years old, from what I recall. And they're coming off like the worst years of their career. Why would we trade them now? It doesn't make any sense. It's foolishness. I kind of want to trade Aaron Sanchez. I said that uh, at the deadline we should trade him because I just think he hit his ceiling and now he's kind of on his way down. He's getting hurt a lot. 
um, with a bad team with not a lot of bats. I, I just don't think he can carry a rotation. He could carry a rotation <laughs> with the Jays when he had that awesome lineup. Yeah. I don't think he could carry a rotation just by himself with not an awesome lineup. I, I still love Strosho. I still really want him there. Plus, Strowman is more of a Blue Jay to Sanchez than me. Like, when I think of Blue Jays pitchers, I think of Strowman first and then Sanchez. I don't know about you, Justin, but that's kind of my thought process. But yeah, I, there's one there's side. One side. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Right now, Strowman is. I mean, the guy kind of tries to embody the team. He's very. I mean, he's more outspoken. Sanchez is a quiet guy. Yeah. Uh, so naturally, he is hoping to let his pitching do the talking. But unfortunately, the last couple of years, he hasn't done much pitching. I hope Aaron Sanchez gets traded so we can stop making those awful commercials for insurance companies. And WestJet. Or WestJet, <laughs> West yeah. See, they're so bad, I don't even pay attention to them. Yeah. Because, man, those are so painful Maybe it's to like, watch. you know how the Raptors have like, those GoDaddy commercials? Those are so good. And the, But the player who does them gets, like, it's like the Madden curse. Yeah. It's like the, the GoDaddy curse. Maybe Aaron Sanchez has the WestJet curse. CJ's PJs is funny, though. It Jonas is. Valanciunas, Itty Bitty Ballers itty bitty was ballers funny. Is itty Bitty yeah. Ballers. And then Norman, Norman Powell had the piano. Yeah. yeah. It was better than those Andrea Bargnani Primo Pasta primo commercials. Pasta. When, uh, primo Pasta. Primo, oh primo, my primo God. Pasta. And then like the 1995 jingle in the background. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, good times, man. <sighs> The memories. How, by the way, the Raps are on national TV in the States tonight. Yeah, ESPN on ESPN. Good for them. That's a big um, game. Yeah, last bit of Finally baseball news. some respect. Yeah, last respect. bit of baseball news here. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, he gone. Uh, he's going to the St. Louis Cardinals in exchange for uh, a bunch of prospects, a couple compensation draft yeah, picks. Yeah, one draft pick. Um, I was talking to Justin about this earlier. You love this move for the Cardinals, and it was similar to something they did before, right? Yeah, we were talking about it. Uh, it's similar to what they did with Matt Holliday. They brought Matt Holliday in on the last year of his contract. Let him get comfortable in St. Louis and then sign him to like a seven-year deal or whatever it was back then. Um, Goldschmidt's the similar. He's going into his age 31. He's age 31 right now. So he's like in the prime of his yeah. offensive career. Uh, defensively, I mean, whatever. The, the the Cardinals didn't get Paul Goldschmidt because of defense. He's still he's won a couple of gold gloves in his career. So he's respectable. Um, but I mean, the guy's still in his prime. He's played at least 155 games the last four seasons. He's only had one season in his career where he's played less than 140 games. It was 109. He got hurt, but he—I mean, other than that, he's been I think the definition of consistency. His career batting average is like 297. Mm-hmm. Averages almost 30 bombs a year, 90 some RBI. Like the guy's just been like Mr. Consistency for the D-backs. And the reason they traded him is because they there was word that he wasn't going to resign. So I, I like the move. They did what the Jays should have done with Josh Donaldson and trade him before anything yeah. bad, knock on wood, could happen. Um, but yeah, no, I love the move for the cards. It, it it brings them back into contention in that NL Central. The Cubs are still the team to beat, and the Brewers are going to be good again too mm-hmm. if they can figure out some rotation issues as they bullpened way too much late down the stretch. And Christian Yelich, as good as he is, can't carry you for a whole season the way yeah. he did in the last month. So that that division is interesting, and I mean the Pirates are lurking. They have that they made that big trade to get Chris Archer at the deadline, and they've got some prospects coming up too. So that that NL Central is a really interesting division. It might be the most competitive in baseball this season. We saw the NL East be pretty competitive this year, down until the Phillies choked. Um, but there's going to be some interesting races between some big spending teams, and the Cubs are still rumored to be in the Bryce Harper sweepstakes yeah. too. So I mean, there's still lots of off season to go. We haven't even got to the winter meetings yet. So, I mean, it's going to be crazy. That division's going to be fun to watch. Patrick, Justin said that Goldschmidt was a uh, top 10 first baseman. Would you put him in the top five in first baseman or just top 10? Oh, God, yeah, top five. Yeah, it's The tough. dude yeah. is just a hitting machine. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Sure. 
He's just kind of fallen off a little bit because two years ago he was the guy. Like what? he was the sexy pick in fantasy baseball. Everyone was like, man, we need Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. He's kind of gone down in stock lately. He's still awesome. I Don't get me wrong. I think the reason for that is that the D backs haven't been as predominant in True, the spotlight yeah. the last couple of years. So, I mean, you kind of get lost in the in the shuffle there. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's been consistent as hell over the last four seasons, and that's what you want in a an all-star first baseman. All right, that's it for the news. We're done. We're getting to the fun stuff. Boom, fun um, stuff. Yeah, we're going to uh, grading the Blue Jays bullpen. Oh, Here we go. Um, we're going to do it the same way we did it with starters, with uh, infielders, outfielders. We're just going to give them a general grade for the season. We'll go over their stats a little bit, yeah. and this is going to be... Uh, yeah, you'll see. It's going to um, be spicy. It's also a little bit sex. It's our, yeah. like our, our last 2018 recap mm-hmm. episode. Then we can move forward to talking about Vladdy Jr. for like eight months. Uh, Patrick, you're going to bat leadoff here. Joe Biagini. Uh, 50 games played this year. His um, whip was 1.67. Uh, good old fashioned 6 ERA. <laughs> and his XFIP was 471. Take it away, bud. This was an absolute disaster of a campaign for Joe Biagini. Fortunately for Joe Biagini, he's used to this. <laughs> Nothing went well for him. He gave up tons of walks, hits, home runs. He was way below replacement level uh, player in terms of like performance. He was so bad that I actually thought about how much money we were paying for, for him. And it turns out Joe Biagini made $545,000 last year, which is more than most of us make in like 10 years. So the team paid him over half a million dollars to be a negative value player. That's the league minimum. Yeah, yeah. this should be it for Joe Biagini in Major League Baseball. If you just look at his left on base percentage and ex-FIP and said, oh, well, maybe there's something there, but there really just isn't. There's no value in having him play he's a below average pitcher who is shelled by lineups uh he can't start he can't do the bullpen he can't be a long reliever i'm actually glad that jimmy fallon did the right thing and ignored his high five <laughs> two years ago joe biagini oh, yeah. <laughs> needs to be done in mlb oh, and we need to call up the toronto blue jays management and remind them that just because you made one rule five pick two or three years ago, you don't have to keep him there forever. He's what? not on the roster for life. He was only there for a year. <laughs> Let's just cut the cord, give Joe Biagini the ax. Uh, you know what? I'm sure that he would do great as a car salesman in the Midwest. Hey, you know what? Biagini's an insurance salesman kind of guy. He's not a car salesman. Come on. He's got a little bit of charm. He's got like that Italian name. He could go with it being the mob. Yeah, so give him a little bit of credit here. Cars, come on. He can sell insurance at least. Um, I agree. Joe Biagini, he was one of my favorite Jays when we got him in that Rule 5 draft. He was hilarious in interviews. He was chucking the ball really, really well. I was like, man, how did Seattle not protect this guy, you know? But San Fran. San Fran, sorry. Um, But, man, he just went really downhill really, really quick. I don't think it was like one moment for Joe Biagini. Like sometimes you look at pitchers, you're like, oh, that was the game where their confidence got rattled. That was the game where it all started to kind of fall apart. For Joe Biagini, it was just a steady decline until it was like, (laughs) man, Joe Biagini's in the game. We're screwed. Like at the end of the year, we would not put him in in any high-pressure situation. (laughs) He was only going in a garbage time. That's when you know it's it's over. So – my favorite thing about Joe Biagini's season in 2018 was the fact that the Joe Biagini as a starter experiment finally died. 
that was the best thing that happened to Joe this year is that we stopped. Mercifully. It was a, mer- it it was a mercy mercifully killing, died. Right? I mean, and to be fair, his numbers in the bullpen weren't much better. I think his bullpen ERA was still <laughs> about four and a half, whereas his studying ERA was some ungodly number. And I mean, the only reason he's still on our 40-man roster is because he's under team control through the 2021 season. So he still has three years of team control left. And that's the only reason. I mean, if, if this guy goes out and, and makes the opening day roster and has a crappy April, he'll he'll be gone. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's no reason for the Jays to keep him logically. Like, I'm with I'm with Patrick. I don't understand why he's even still here. We could have kept Jake Patrichka, who had a better season than Joe Biagini, and, and instead we didn't. It's it's baffling. Are we all giving him Fs? Is that the consensus here? D minus. Yeah. What is F, the closest you know grade I can give him to uh, that? That like it's a failing grade, but it's as close to fail, uh, like get it passing as possible. So that way, it's just like really painful, where it's like not good enough to pass. <laughs> what is that grade? D minus. Incomplete. <laughs> Incomplete. He's he's getting a D minus because he at least didn't fall on his way to the mound when he was coming out of the bullpen. So that at least gets him. I suppose. Half a I mean, grade. he was there. He's I, the only player we had that is a negative value player who played like the whole season with us. He's negative zero point five. Yeah, he gets an F. If never he mind. doesn't, if he doesn't get an F. He's below Nobody replacement to get an player, yeah. and that's... Wait till we talk about Danny Barnes. Yeah. Um, next up, though, uh, so everyone F? Yeah, it's okay, F. Okay, F, whatever. F. Uh, Tyler Clippard. If we would have done this grading, respect. if we would have done this grading halfway through the year, Tyler Clippard would have got, like, eviscerated. But he kind of turned it around a little bit in the second half of the year. Yeah. Um, he still didn't play great, don't get me wrong, <laughs> because, man, there were some saves that... My oh, goodness, God. it was all on him. But uh, you look at his stats, his whip was 1.17, his ERA 3.67, his FIP was 4.28. He played 73 games, 68 yeah. innings. He stayed healthy. He did stay healthy, which was something our bullpen didn't do a great job of. Um, 85 strikeouts, not bad. 23 walks, about 13 home runs coming out of the bullpen, though. That's not bad in 68 innings. That's true, but I mean, when I think of a relief pitcher, you don't want to give up bombs. That's, yeah. that's the last thing you want to do. You, I mean, you, a lot of hits might happen, but bombs, they're just, oh, they're kicking the dick for uh, bullpen guys. Um, when it comes to Tyler Clippard, I'd probably give him a solid, oh, man, this is tough because I don't want to go too low on everybody because I'll feel bad, but honestly, D. Like, he blew so many saves. I can't forget that. He kind of redeemed himself in the second half of the season. Not even the second half, like the last couple games. But I can't forget those blown saves. Okay. He was brutal in those games. All right. So, you know how much money Tyler Clippard made last season? Hmm. One and a half million. Yes. So, he made three times what Joe Biangini did. Mm-hmm. And he was like 10 times the pitcher. Yeah. He struck out 11 <laughs> guys over nine innings. That's pretty good. That and he walked, walked three guys. The home run rate was just a little bit higher than league average. He, the thing about Tyler Clifford is he only get, he's not a ground ball guy. Only nineteen percent of his of, of his contact hits were ground That's balls. That's scary. So I mean, but I mean, you could see a lot worse of a home run per fly ball ratio. And he leaves eighty three percent of the guys on base. Opponents didn't hit very well against him. I'm having a hard time giving him a bad mark because we didn't bring Tyler Clifford in to be a ninth inning guy. We True. brought him, we brought him in for middle relief, and then Roberto Osuna kind of dicked us in the butt. Yeah by being a dumbass. And then Tyler Clifford was forced to do something that he shouldn't have never been doing. So I, I'm giving him a B minus hmm. just because of the fact that, yes, he he blew seven or six saves in 13 attempts. So he was barely over 
but at the same time, he filled a role that we needed him to fill. He didn't do terribly. Like, there were some bad outings, but on a whole, some yeah, some bad outings. But on a whole, like I mean, we didn't expect Tyler Clifford to come in and save thirty games, and he was never going to do that. He was he was supposed to be like a sixth, seventh, maybe an eighth inning guy, mm-hmm. and he did that admirably for us. He, You're right. He did more than he was ex- more than was expected of him for one and a half million bucks on a one year deal as a free agent. Like when we brought in him, Owen and Axford on those uh, small contracts, I thought Todd Clifford was going to be the worst of the three, and he's the one that ended up sticking with us. Maybe he was because he was the worst of the three over the first half before mm-hmm. before the trade deadline, but he had a good season. I mean, you can't ask for much a much better season out of a middle relief pitcher than this. So I'm giving him B minus. Just can't get over those blown saves, but I'm, uh, I'm fine with the blown maybe, saves. He wasn't supposed to be in that situation. Maybe Patrick can though. Uh, I don't forgive him for the blown saves, but at the same time, he's not a ninth inning guy. He never was his entire career. He was occasionally put in that spot. Um, once Ken Giles came to town, his performance actually dramatically improved, mm-hmm. and he still has the ability to be a solid 7th and 8th inning guy. The issue is, he's 36 years old. He's not a bad player, but he's old, and he's not going to fit the timetable for the Jays, so he has no future with the team. That being said, for what he did uh, in 2018, he deserves, at worst, a C+. Plus. Because he did a lot of stuff that he he shouldn't have done. Yeah. The problem was there was nobody else to throw out there. You can't put Tim Mays out there. It's too early in his career to be putting him in that type of position. And even though he, by all accounts, outperformed Clippard in a lot of different types of situations, still not a good idea. You need to have somebody in the 7th and 8th. Clippard was the senior guy. He had the most MLB experience. They hoped he could handle the pressure, and he blew a lot of saves. So I don't know. Like, I'm kind of with Justin, where I would say like maybe like a B minus or C plus at absolute worst. I'm kind of on the fence, so I don't really know. Hmm. That was your grade. Come on, yeah, you I don't know. Like one. C plus pick or one. B minus, pick something one. like that. Make a decision. I don't know. Uh, 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 B minus. There you go. I love how we're taking these grades so seriously. Like, we're going to get graded on them. We're like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't know. The pressure is so high. Man, whatever. We just throw them out there. I just, yeah, just, man, so many blown saves. I don't forget. I will remember those blown saves. <laughs> What's Clifford. your grade, Clayton? Uh, I gave him a D. Oof. Uh, I, I, was, I, I was first, man. Thanks for listening. God. Um, Ryan Tapera is up next. 68 games played. Mm-hmm. Um, he allowed nine home runs. Uh, he had 68 strikeouts, so he averaged a strikeout per game. Um, his ERA was 3.62, pretty standard for the Jays' uh, bullpen. His XFIP was 4.02. Home runs per nine innings, a 1.25. Not bad. Gay, yeah, not bad, not great. Um, but, again, Ryan Tapero, when I think of him, I've used this analogy almost every episode, the generic player on MVP Baseball that you would create, 70s and everything. Just doesn't really blow you away. Kind of a vanilla guy. Sometimes that's great for a bullpen when your team's successful. You need those guys who can just kind of, you know, let everything roll off their shoulder. They're not making too much noise, whatever. But I think for our team last year, uh, yeah, I don't think Ryan Tapera was that good of a fit. But he wasn't that bad. He was was not that good, but he was not that bad. So for someone like that, C+. Patrick? 
Oh, he gets a much better grade from me, but I think from now on I'm going to refer to Ryan Tapera as the Vanilla Thriller, because everybody deserves a nickname. Oh, God. He doesn't thrill anybody, though. <laughs> Just Vanilla. Well, that's why his name is the Vanilla Thriller. Oh, gotcha. I, I took yeah. a while. Anyway, he's not flashy by any means, but he's actually an effective relief pitcher. Um, if you look at his ground ball percentage and his left on base percentage, he's in the right area where we want him to be. Uh, he gives up way too many home runs, um, a little above league average. Uh, his walks, eh, not great. His Ks are actually pretty good, 9.46 per nine innings. That is where you want it to be if you have a reliever. Um, uh, I'm kind of torn. Like I would say B+, plus, but that is very generous. Um I did just give him a good nickname, so I'll just end by saying he's as good as any 7th or 8th inning guy you could ask for as far as, like, availability. If you compare Ryan Tapera to, like, all the free agents, uh, I'd rather have Ryan Tapera as far as, like, relief pitchers. So I'm going to give him a B and say enjoy your new nickname. Cool. Uh, he's going gonna to be a B for me as well, too. <clears throat> Reason being... Um... He gets a little bit better of a grade than Tyler Clipper did for me. It's just because the ground ball percentage is better. The XFIP has a potential to be better than Tyler Clipper. So really, like I compare, kind of compared these guys together as I was grading. Um, and just as a whole, I mean, uh, Tapera pitched in a few less games, but he pitched almost as many innings. Their stats are pretty much identical. The only reason I gave Tapera a higher mark was because of the ground balls, basically, and the fact that he has this year and then two more years of arbitration eligibility so he's he's going to his first year of arb eligibility so he's got we got three more years of control over Tapera, and as long as he's at least serviceable again this year like he's going to be a guy that's kind of bridging the gap until we're ready to win and then we have to bring on those all-star relievers so i'm going to give him a b just for the the durability and the control we have over him gotcha um next up danny barnes um (laughs) while you guys are grading danny barnes uh before you get into it i will ask you to uh describe his season with one word and then get into his season and why you gave him the grade he did. So, Justin, one word to describe Danny Barnes' season. It's a three-letter word. The, letter, the word is oof. Oh, that's good. Oof. Is oof a word? It is now. Oh, okay. It's, 20, it's 2018. Of course it's anything's a word. A word. If, if Bay's in, in the dictionary, I'm pretty sure oof yeah, probably should be, too. Good call. Good God. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so he's 29 years old. And the third letter of my word is the grade I gave him. It's an F. F for Danny Barnes. Oh, God, yeah. The good thing about Danny Barnes, somehow, this guy's like 30. He's 29 years old. Let alone, we still he's go, he still has one more year of a minor league minimum contract, like with two-way contract, and then three more years. We have four years of control over this guy, some way, somehow. But, I mean, his ERA of 571 is barely higher than his XFIP of 553, so this guy's not going to get much better. No. There's like, there's no way. And then he's a, he's a negative 0.1 wins above replacement, according to Fangrass. Yes, he gives up less home runs than the league average per fly ball, but his home runs per nine is more, and he walks almost five guys per nine innings. That's bad. That's Joe Biagini territory. That's also many walks as Aaron Sanchez gave up this season. Ooh. And this is a relief pitcher. Yeah, that's bad. That's a bad stat. Like, if, he, if he's yeah. walking <laughs> five guys per nine innings, he's walking one point two-ish every time he comes into the game for one inning of work Ugh. yuck e yikes 
And I mean, you can say like his batting average on balls and play against was 331. So you can say, yeah, he's a victim of a bit of bad luck. But at the same time, bad pitchers are going to have bad luck. And Danny Barnes is not a good pitcher. No. So the three-letter word is oof, and the F is the grade. Patrick, one word in the grade. Egregious. <laughs> Egregious. Good word. If you look it up in the dictionary, it means shockingly bad. But the 2018 revision to egregious in the Oxford English Dictionary is now C. Barnes, Danny. What was the episode of The Office where Michael Scott kept yelling, this is egregious, this is egregious, I'm going to find it right now. Uh, oh, yeah, right, well, when they merge, yeah, season yeah. three, episode eight, so when they're all merging, he slashes the tires of all his own employees. <laughs> this is egregious. God, what a good word. Except he didn't slash his own, yeah. so everyone got the nasty knew notes. it was him. You guys suck. You'll never bond together as a team and take us down. Is that the, is it Stamford that, yeah, yeah, they came into the yeah. Thunder Mifflin. Yeah, and the big fat Scranton. guy. Oh yeah, they load him onto the Make table. Him on the table. Oh, man. I can't do this. I yeah. can't work here. Yeah, with their management style, that he fires him. He can't give him severance. God, that's a good show. All right, egregious. Go, Patrick. Sorry, I had to get that in there. Egregious, Danny Burns. Okay, here are some sentences, and I want you to figure out whether or not they're true or false statements. <laughs> Danny Burns is a professional baseball player. Danny Burns is a pitcher. Danny Burns is a good pitcher. Danny Burns was the worst pitcher on our team this year. Danny Burns should never play baseball again. I'm going to go true, true, false, true, true. There you go. Yeah, the same true, true, false, true, true. A plus to both of you. F minus for Danny Barnes for existing. <laughs> Oof. He had an absolutely brutal season. It was, it was actually better than Joe Biagini's. But that being said, Danny Barnes has been on this team for so long, and we've expected his game to evolve. But it, the only thing it's evolved into is poop. <laughs> it's just poop. It's gone backwards. He's poopy. Shut it down. I don't want to say another word about Danny Barnes the rest of my time on this podcast. F minus. And that's the thing about Danny Barnes. If you're comparing him to Joe Biagini, you're like, well, he had a better year than Joe Biagini. That's a very low bar. Very, very low bar. Another show reference here, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Remember when they're talking about professional jugglers? And they're like, well, Dave Coulier juggles. And it's like, (laughs) if you're reaching for Coulier, you already lost. That's what we just did with Danny Barnes. Well, he did better than Joe Biagini. Joe Biagini is the bar. Yeah, who cares? Joe Biagini is the worst. Danny Barnes, dare I say... I think he was worse than Joe Biagini. Like, did he have a memorable outing this year? Like, was there no. with, with Tyler Clippard? No good memories. With Tyler Clippard, there were a lot of bad memories. I still can't get over those blown saves. But with, at least he had a couple where you're like, man, Clippard went like three innings today, struck out seven. Like he shut it down. Danny Barnes had no good outings this year. I can't remember one. With every other relief pitcher we had, it was like, oh, man, Axford shutting it down. That was awesome. Oh, oh, my goodness. You know, I was like, you know, at least they had some memorable things. Danny Barnes, I can't for the life of me remember one good outing from him this year. And that's why, my word, forgettable. Is Danny Barnes the guy with the ginger beard? 
Do you have a ginger beard? It's a little brown. It's not like for me. Like it's I like, am. It's like Auburn. Yeah, like I am. When you think I'm just of ginger, to remember what it even looks like. I am ginger, like Sherman <laughs> yeah. from American Pie with oh, a beard. Yeah. That's what I look like. But Danny Barnes, so <laughs> that's forgettable. very flattering. So forgettable, Danny Barnes. Like that's yeah. my word for him because he's just. I can't remember what he looks like. He's Captain Generic. He doesn't do anything out there, and that's how he pitches. He doesn't pitch with any pizzazz. He's forgettable. And forgettable. I, I'd I'd let it go if he was putting up stats and he was playing good, but he's not. He's really not. So you know forgettable what? F. Yeah, you know what forgettable starts with? F. F. It's all connected. It's all connected. Danny Burns is that feeling you get in your throat like one second before you're about to throw up. Mm-hmm. That's Danny Burns. I hate that feeling. It's like a bottle of scotch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying this like as a person, but like as a pitcher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whenever I heard Danny Burns was coming into the game, I got that feeling in my throat where the volcano is rumbling. Yeah. And I'm about to vomit. That's where you check to make sure the Jays are up by six. And yeah. Then you, you could at least count on him giving up three rounds and we'd still be up by three. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a bottle of scotch made in Madagascar. Like, stay away from it, obviously. Uh, Jake yeah. Patricka is up next. 41 games played. He uh, pitched 45 innings. Um, only six home runs allowed. Walked yeah. 16 guys. His whip was 1.64. His xFIP was 4.05. ERA for 4.53. Again, pretty standard for the Jays bullpen across the board. There. Um, he's not on our team anymore. Yeah. We uh, let him go. He's 30. A little old for a relief pitcher, but it, well, not actually not really that old. But someone's going to give him a shot regardless. Um, Justin, I'll let you. Uh, lead things off with Patricia here. I remember a few weeks ago before we started talking about all these grades, I, I said I wouldn't miss Jake Patricia, but when we kept Joe Biagini and Danny Barnes, I now miss Jake Patricia because, Me too. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have, yeah, he's a free agent, so we'd have to actually sign him to a contract, but isn't signing a guy who doesn't walk nearly five per nine innings worth it? <laughs> the thing is that about a trick question the or? thing about Jake Patrick is his his batting average on balls and play allowed is three seventy nine. League average is two ninety nine this year on batting average on balls and play. So this guy's getting hit at eighty points higher than league average. So you know there is some bad luck involved. I d- I dug into his his contact stats and there's nothing there that tells me that Jake Patrick deserved that number. Mm-hmm. So it's just a bit of bad luck, unfortunately. And I mean, you you can see his his x fip is half a run lower than his ERA. So yeah, he is a victim of some bad luck. He was a, a zero WAR player, so he was he was a league average player. He didn't do too much to hurt us. He strikes out eight guys per nine. His home runs are a little high, but he, he gets ground balls over fifty percent of the time. I have a hard time looking at Jake Patricka's stats and giving him a low grade. I give him I'm giving him a C, just because he's he's a league average player and a C is an average grade. And I, I'm I'm kind of. Almost, I'm not sad that he's not on our roster, but I'm a little bit flabbergasted that we kept two guys that we've already talked about who are just brutal over this guy. Flabbergasted? Flabbergasted. Captain Thesaurus is over here. I'm trying to use words with Fs in them because I'm Uh, handing out a lot today. Nice. So that's why oof was there. Uh No, flabbergasted is another one. A cornucopia of words being used on the podcast today. A plethora, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Patrick, you're up. Jake Patricka, what's he getting? Uh, I don't know. I wrestled with this one a little bit because I was debating whether or not I should beat up on him for having like conceded quite a few home runs, way more than the league average. And the fact that he, his BABIP is ridiculous, like really, really bad. It's only partly his fault. Yeah. It's like Ted Williams high 379. Like that's, that's too high. 
Um, I'm not going to miss him. Uh, compared to Biagini, yeah, obviously he had a better season, but he's getting a D from me because he's just like everybody else. He walks too many guys, gives up too many home runs, way too much contact. He just his the fact that we're even considering his 4.53 ERAs being okay is ridiculous. <laughs> no D. Goodbye. Have fun pitching in San Diego. That's pretty much the only place that's probably going to want him. San Diego, you think, is going to pick him up? Uh, San Diego is the graveyard for players who nobody cares about anymore. Aside from the players that they draft (laughs) themselves with their first, second, and third overall picks every year. Very true. Um, All right, Jake Patricka, you are done. We'll never talk about you again, probably. Uh, Tim Meza. This is interesting. I love Tim Meza. Amazing. Uh, I like his name. He's got a good name. Good look to him as well. Um, he is the opposite of this clip right here. This is egregious. <laughs> I think that Tim Meza is the opposite of egregious. I think he's a very solid ball player. Um, at the same time, he was basically the same as all of our bullpen. Struggled this year a little bit. Um, he's a lefty, though, which is great. He's still young. Uh, he showed potential. I'm going to give Meza a B. Um, his whip was 1.32. His XFIP was 3.98. Uh, he only allowed three home runs in 35 innings. Uh, walked 14 guys, 40 strikeouts. You know, he, he does a good job with runners on base. I'm going to give him a, you know what? Change my mind. B plus for Tim Meza. Patrick. Yeah. I mean, I've said this like a gajillion times. If you look at his last 15 games played, uh, this past year, Guess what his ERA was? Zero. Guess how many runs he gave up? Zero. Wow, that's good math. Yeah, like, excellent. Uh, He, I mean, if you look, his season was very small as far as, like, uh, the number of innings that he logged, and it's almost borderline to, like, why would we grade him at all? But honestly, for what he did in the, like, home stretch of the season, I'm giving... Tim Meza, the best grade out of all of our relief pitchers for the year, and I'm giving him a B plus. He deserves it. I think he's going to be our solid uh, eighth inning or seventh inning guy moving forward. I don't think he'll be able to replicate what he did the last like 15 innings uh, of the year last year. Or, uh, but um, nonetheless, I, I think this guy is going to be an important piece of the puzzle. Uh, in the bullpen for the next hopefully long time because I think we he we have several years of control for him. Yeah. Uh, not the least of which we should also point out the guy's uh, case per nine inning is ten. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I see him as our future setup guy. I don't know about you, yeah, Justin. He but might I see him as a future, like future a, eating guy. Like a Scott Down, Scott Schoenweiss kind yeah. of guy. Those oh, lefties, Scott lefties, Schoenweiss, those lefties I loved specialists him. from back in the day. Those big sidewinders. I mean. As it's a quote, uh, the Dark Knight. He's not the hero that we deserve, but he's the one we need right now. And with Loop gone, we needed him to step up. We needed a lefty in the in the pen, and, mm-hmm. he, and he was our lefty down the stretch. Um, and I mean, good for him. Like the guy, this is his audition tape. And I mean, as far as auditions go, this is he couldn't have asked for a better one for himself. Like, good on you, Tim Mazon. Yep. Give him a B as well. Hmm. Uh, up next, 100 Miles Giles. Ken Giles got him from Houston for Roberto Osuna, a uh, trade that made waves across Major League Baseball. Um, at the time, 
it looked like uh, both pitchers might not even play again, but both <laughs> had really, really good ends to the season. Roberto Osuna, whatever, go away. I hate you. But um, Ken Giles, I was not expecting a lot out of Ken Giles. I am on the Ken Giles bandwagon. I love Ken Giles. His ERA, whatever. He had a couple of really, really bad uh, appearances, but those weren't in safe situations. Yeah, we won't even look at it. Like that, his ERA came down when he was with us. Yeah, like you said. So I mean. when he's not in safe situations, he's not that great. Why but bother? he went 26 for 26 in safe situations yeah. this year. Like, he was an absolute boss. 53 strikeouts and 50 innings of work. He was killing it in the ninth inning. Uh, he's not just getting an A-plus from me. Sorry, Mrs. Anderson. He's getting an A-fucking-plus. <laughs> because Ken Giles was so bad in Houston, and he overcame so much adversity in Houston, he, he was lost. He punched himself in the face. He was lost in Houston. And to come to Toronto and go 26 for 26 in save opportunities, that's yeah. amazing. That yeah. is amazing. A-F-and-plus. Amazing. Oh, boo. <laughs> boo. You know oh. what? Just for that, Patrick gets to go next. You're going to go last. Cut okay. his mic off for yeah, the next, I, like, I, five minutes. Save the best for last. I'll Go just to the yell really loud to for you. That one. <laughs> no, look, if you look at Ken Giles' numbers, remember that dreadful performance against Boston yeah. where he totally shat the bed? Uh, oh, yeah. He gave up five earned runs. After that, for the rest of the year, he only gave up three earned runs. This guy mm-hmm. was absolute lights out. Money. Yeah, it was fantastic. That being said, I am really frustrated because he does deserve to be graded for that absolutely abysmal appearance as well. Uh, that was brutal. Everybody has a bad so, day, Patrick. True. Yeah, I mean, the stuff like I am still not sold on the fact that he is done being a head case. I just, I'll never get over seeing the clips of him punching himself in the face. That's pretty funny. That just, it messed me up. <laughs> um, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I I, I want to see a whole season of Ken Giles in a Jays uniform in these situations. And I want to see whether or not he can actually go perfect for a full season wow. with us. I don't expect that he will by any means. Not but. I'm going to give him a B because I still think Tim Meza deserves the best grade amongst our relief pitchers. And, yeah, I'm going to stick by that. He gets a B. He deserves it. Punch yourself once less uh, in the face next season, Ken, and then we'll start talking about delivering some A's. <laughs> so a guy punches himself in the face one time and suddenly he's a bad guy? I don't know. I I, <laughs> I can't get over the fact that he looked so bad in Houston to start the year, like so bad. He punched himself in the face. He told his manager to expletive himself and uh, got sent down to AAA. And then the perfect storm happened, and he was moved for another guy who had some bigger issues. Um, and he came to Toronto where we needed a closer, and he moved Tyler Clippard back to where he rightfully belonged in the seventh and eighth innings, and he was perfect. I mean. I- I'm not, you know, I'm not going to focus on the other outings. I don't care about those. For me, the closer is the closer. Sure, we needed him to lock down some blowout games when he needed some work. But at the same time, when we needed him to secure wins, he secured every one of them. And Tyler Clippard and Ryan Tapera blew, I think, like 15 or something saves between them. If you think if we win 5 to 10 of those games, that's a completely different record we would have on our team. So, I mean, you have a good closer like Ken Giles all season, and we might be looking at a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm giving him an A just for what he did in that closer's role. 
it's it's kind of a mark that's reflective of the situation. Again, I gave Tyler Clifford a high mark because of what he was asked to do. And I'm giving Ken Giles a high mark because of the adversity that he overcame and the fact that he had a complete reversal of fortune in Toronto. Uh, next up here, John Axford and Chengwon Oh, uh, the two guys we dealt at the deadline. Oh, our boy Aaron Loops down there too. I know, but uh, we, we'll get to him last. Yeah. Don't worry for that. The best um, for last, right? Because we'll, we'll, again, Axford and Oh, they only <laughs> spent half a season with us. Yeah. Loop was with us for a long, long I time. Um, so Axford and Oh, did they do enough in their Jays tenure to deserve a grade? No, but I just yeah. I, yes. Oh, I don't think so, Patrick. But you go ahead, as I'm just not going to grade them. <laughs> That's fair, but I mean, they had more innings logged here in Toronto than Giles did. Yeah. Um, if you look at John Axford's season, 10 of his 25 earned runs given up as a J came from three appearances where he was brutal. It just goes to show how unimportant ERA can be in determining usefulness because it just kind of skews the stats a bit. Uh, he still had a bad walk rate, 3.62 per nine. K rate is good at 8.89 per nine, so just a shade under one an inning. Uh, home run is way over league average of 14%, so he was giving up the bombs. Uh, ground ball is good, uh, and his left on base percentage was 61.2%, which is not good. Um, he was consistently okay. Uh, whenever he conceded runs, when I looked it up, it, a lot of them were like two, three. Uh, they came in bunches, and you don't want that out of a reliever. Um, I personally think Axford is going to be better off away from a hitter's park. Um, but, I mean, I guess maybe every pitcher is. <laughs> but uh, he'll get a C-plus from me for a job adequately performed, not to the point of complete failure and misery. I'll miss the Axe man. If only because he had a sweet nickname. Are you going to grade him? I'm going to give Axford a C plus. He was Canadian. Yeah. I like uh, Canadians pitching for the Jays, so I'll give Axford a C plus. He had again. He was the opposite of Danny Barnes. He did have some memorable outings where True. it was like, "Here we go, Axe man." But he started a game. I, he for did us. start a game for us. So again, I'm going to give him a C plus just for that. He doesn't deserve anything higher or lower. Shengwan O, whatever. <laughs> Half a year as a J, good for you. He was really good when he was with us. I'm gonna give O a C plus because he had a funny name. Seeing O, the final the, boss, the, the badass back, you know? nickname too. Oh, you know, o. it was kind of like what? I remember the first time we got him, I was like, who is this guy? Like, oh, the okay. final boss. Yeah, that's his nickname. But uh, good for him. Um, last but not least here, well, maybe not last. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Patrick wants to talk here. about O oh, for like ten fine. minutes, probably. Slow your roll, Clayton. Yeah, let's get into <laughs> Listen. it. Sheng Wan O was born in this country. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he's South Korean, uh, but anyway, I digress. He's 36. He doesn't fit our timetable. We'll never see him back in a Jays uniform. It was a shame he was dealt, especially with a year of control. But his numbers show that he was the best reliever in a Jays uniform this season. And if you look at it, all the numbers kind of support that. He left 84% of batters on base. He only gave up 9.2% uh, of his fly balls became home runs. Uh, only two walks per nine innings, 10.40 Ks per nine. Excellent. His BABIP, 265. Excellent. ERA, 268. Excellent. His WHIP was 1.00. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Sanguano gets a B-plus from me. He absolutely deserves it. 
Um, I still think Tim Meza ended up being better for us in the long run, or will be. So he gets the edge as far as being the best reliever uh, overall. But Sanguano deserves a lot of credit for what he did in Toronto. Uh, we did right by him by trading him to Colorado, a contender. Uh, I have no idea how the rest of his year went. I don't think it went as well as it did in Toronto. Fare thee well. Um, we can kind of consider him, though, as like the anti-Garcia signing. Because <laughs> as good as Sanguano was, Jaime Garcia was absolutely terrible. <laughs> Patrick, you want to thank your family or something for that one? That was a long speech for a guy who didn't finish his year as a J. <laughs> well, whatever. He he deserves some credit, and I don't know if we gave him enough during the year. So, Sanguano, you were the final boss. All right. Uh, Aaron Loop, do we have to spend much time on Aaron Loop? He spent lots of time with us, but I don't really want to talk about him. And Our notes here say, bye, Felicia. Yeah. That's about it, right? Kind of good riddance, Green Day style. Happy trails. Um, it was just kind of one life, of those buddy. things. It was kind of one of those things where you know what he did have some good games, but his bad games outnumber the good games. It, it, did anyone else get the feeling that when Aaron Loop was in a game, you were just very, very nervous. worried and nervous? It was like this could Palms either go sweaty mom spaghetti. Yeah, this could either go kind of okay or yeah. horribly, you know. So oh, yeah. uh, Loop for me, C. I'm yeah, <laughs> way too much butt clenching uh, happened when yeah. he was out on the so that's on the mound for us to down. consider mm-hmm. him anything, but. A D plus. Um, I don't know. If you look at his stats, he didn't give up a lot of home runs. That's a good thing. Really high strikeout rate. Maybe he deserves a C minus. Either way, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say sayonara. So long, farewell. It was fun while it lasted. All righty. The uh, last guy here, uh, Mark Leiter Jr. The roast of Mark Leiter Jr. Um, I'm just going to let you guys go off on this. Uh, you guys um, hate this guy. Uh, so... It's more so Patrick, but I'm going to feed into this just because okay. it's going to be a lot so of fun. So you guys go back and forth. You guys okay. have fun. I'm going to check Twitter for a bit <laughs> so, and uh, have fun. Mark Litter Jr., uh, his Instagram profile currently says pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, well, that's not exactly true because we DFA'd him like last week and he elected free agency. So I don't know if he's just a little late to the ball game or if he forgot how social media works. But uh, we here at the Flips and Maple Dips are just as much pictures in the Blue Jays organization as you are, Mark Leiter Jr. Speaking of his Instagram, he's got no pics of his time as a Jay, so I guess he doesn't really remember it that fondly. Neither do we. <laughs> and his I Instagram also has a link to his bat, his dad's pitching instruction class, where he may want to take a lesson or two during the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Mark Leiter Jr., I feel secondhand humiliation for you because this was one of the most embarrassing seasons I've ever seen a major league baseball pitcher go through. Actually, my heart goes out to you because carrying a name like lighter is a huge responsibility. Your dad was a great pitcher. Your uncle was a great pitcher and you are also a major league baseball pitcher. <laughs> but your pitching was so bad this year that Ricky Romero got a text from Ross Atkins with two words. You up? Don't be throwing was... Ricky into this. Come on. And he was left on red. Oh, you read it. Oh, no. Later, I, I don't know if you ended up finishing college or not because I know you did get drafted. 
So I don't know what your future career aspirations are going to be. Maybe you'll take over your dad's business for pitching instruction, but you're going to make an excellent sous chef in your future because you sure know how to serve up meatballs. Mm, get them. We're out on the mound. You gave up a spicy meatball <laughs> served fresh over the plate. Well, I've seen yeah. <laughs> better arms on a beanbag chair. And personally, I mean, I've I, seen yeah. <laughs> better heat from an easy bake <laughs> oven. Ooh. Get and him. last but not least, he needs to add a new pitch to his repertoire. It's called a strike. Yikes. And those jokes may have been lame, crude, or ill-formed, but we can say the same about Mark Leiter's performance for the Jays in 2018. Best of luck in the future. I hear Japan is lovely in March. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> Boom roasted. Wow. Um What's left to say about Mark Leiter Jr.? Uh, good luck in free agency, Mark, because you're you're, you're probably going to need it. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> good luck to you. And I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart because I am scared for your future as a baseball pitcher. There's nothing wrong with pitching in Japan or Cuba, wherever you can get work. The independent Whatever. leagues are nice. He'll be in the Madagascar <laughs> leagues by the uh, by the end of the season. But holy crap, dude. You were awful. And the worst part is, it's that version of being awful where you know you're being awful. Because at the end of the year, when he was asked to grade himself by Sportsnet, he declined the interview (laughs) along with Marcus Yeah, well, the thing is, it's, it's like one of those car crashes where it's so bad, but you just can't look away. It's like that news story where it's just like, multiple fatalities and you're like god i can't get enough of the story because it's just like so bad but you can't help but watch mm-hmm. it's like when someone says don't look and you look anyway that was mark Leiter's 2018 it was it was just so gross <laughs> and on that horrible note we are going to end episode 25 of bat flips and maple dips 2018 recaps are over yeah uh we can look forward to the future thank goodness the My future's goodness. bright for the jays Maybe not next year, but the year after that, oh, the future is bright. Uh, I'm going to be witnessing that future yeah. at the end of April next yeah. year. And yeah, going to I'm, going to, I'm going to go to Anaheim with my sister for a three-game series. The Jays are playing Bay, Mike Trout, and the LA Angels. Mm-hmm. And hopefully by that time, well, we're going to have played enough games for Vladi to not have that year of service time used up. Yeah. So he should be there. So, oh, man, if I can see Vladi and Mike Trout in one series... My dreams will come true. Thanks for rubbing it in, man. Appreciate it. Um, and Disneyland awesome. during yeah, we'll, the day. Yeah, we'll be here. Awesome. Holding down the fort. And guess you're not. You know what, though? Just one final note about Mark Leiter Jr. Oh. I just need to get this. I just let me get this out. <laughs> Believe it or not, he actually had an okay but not great rookie season in 2017. So maybe a team does give him another shot. And he by all accounts, has the pedigree to be able to turn it around. So I do wish him the best. Your season was terrible, and you were terrible as a Jay. But as a person, I'm sure you're great. And I hope you do get another chance with another team. I just hope it's not anywhere near Toronto. I hope we have to play him. Yeah, I can't wait to see you again in Rogers Center because it'll be pitching for the other team. And it'll be a juicy opportunity for some of our players to pad their stats. All right, that's it. That's all for uh, episode 25. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us your comments. Send us your questions. Thanks for listening on uh, YouTube, on SoundCloud, on TuneIn, anywhere you listen. Thanks a lot. Uh, Justin. 
Patrick, Clayton, signing off. See you next week.